This episode of That's Total Mom Sense is sponsored by Sambacall. Fall is upon us, and you know what that means. Cooler weather, layers, and of course, the kids heading back to school. Have you checked off all the items on your never-ending list? New clothes, notebooks, pencils, brand new backpack. The kids want it all. But have you thought about how to keep them healthy when they're heading back to school? That's where Sambacall comes in. My kids and I recently started taking Sambacall every day to help support our immune systems so we can and keep doing what we need to do. Sambacol is made from premium European black elderberries, which are natural sources of powerful antioxidants and key vitamins like A, C, and E. They help support a healthy immune system and help you power through your day. What's so great about Sambacol is that they have tons of different ways to get your daily helping of black elderberry, like syrups, gummies, chewable tablets, drink powders, capsules, and more. They have products made just for kids, too. My three kids love the Sambacol Black Elderberry Gummies. They love the flavor and remind me to give it to them when we're rushing out the door during drop-off. Make a healthy immune system part of your back-to-school strategy this year with Sambacol. My listeners can receive 15% off their next order of $9.99 or more at SambacolUSA.com by using my promo code MOMSENSE15 at checkout. That's 15% off your order of $9.99 or more at Sambacol, spelled S-A-M-B-U-C-O-L-USA.com. And remember, use code MOMSENSE15 at checkout. And here's a pro tip. Save the promo code and the website address in your notes app. I know you're busy, too busy to remember this promo code and sort through the episodes to find it. So it's MOMSENSE15 and the website is sambucallusa.com. I had one time when, you know, I had kind of separated a little bit from some friends, you know, I was busy, my kids are younger than theirs. And I was just feeling a little left out. And my son said, mommy, why don't you just call them? Why don't you just call them and say, basically like, Hey, can I play? And it worked. And it just, I just think that was really, we can really take some great lessons for our, from our children that way. This episode has been brought to you by Lunia and Lago. Whether you're waking up at night or just calling it a night, Lunia is your daily reminder to find beauty in the everyday. Lunia's mission is to elevate rest. Ever since it was founded in 2014 by Los Angeles native Ashley Merrill. Known for pioneering washable silk and cashmere, they've expanded into other signature fabrics like organic Pima and cozy cotton silk. Everything Lunia makes is designed to tangibly improve rest with products as functional as they are beautiful. Sleepwear with patented no-twist waistbands, strategic ventilation, stay-put sleeves, and state-of-the-art fabrics are just some of the rest-centric innovations that are at the foundation of the brand. I love the short robe. It's a robe reimagined. It's constructed of the most buttery fabric, organic Pima, and it feels super soft to the touch and it's cooling too. When I'm just looking for some time to wind down at night or if I don't have to get ready till after my workout, I live in this robe and it's a very flattering silhouette. So if I have to wear it out to a drop off, no one's ever gonna know. Use my special code MOMSENSE20 to receive $20 off your first order of $100 or more at lunia.co. Hi there, it's Kanika. 
Get ready for another season of That's Total Nonsense, where I interview global thought leaders on their life stories, the legacy they're passing on to their kids, and of course, their mom sense and dad sense superpower. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Hey, I'm Daphne Oz. Hi, I'm Shawnee Darden. Hi, this is Chris Lynn. Hi, I'm Bob Michelle Milan. Hi, this is Tony Leroy. Hi, I'm Shannon Lee. Hi, I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. Hi, this is Michael Perry, founder of Maple. And you're listening to me on That's Total Mom Sense. It's our mission to be inclusive. So we're having dads pull up a seat at the table. Tune in to my new monthly segment, What Matters Most with Maple, featuring my co-host, Michael Perry, tech founder and devoted father of two. Thank you to my brand partners, community, and you, yes, you, for making this podcast possible. Episodes release every Thursday. Join my tribe by logging on to thatstotalmomsense.com and subscribe wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. Are you someone who's had a varied career and you're struggling to find ways to step into your own leadership in your life as an entrepreneur, in corporate, and at home? Today's guest will show us how she leads with intention and integrity. As an innovation strategist, digital disruption integrator, and business leader with proven experience managing and turning around large engineering, consulting, and professional services practices, Heather Wishart-Smith provides board, advisory, and consulting services to corporate startups and VCs. Previously, she was the Senior VP of Technology and Innovation for Jacobs, the $14 billion world-leading professional solutions provider. Prior to this role, she led innovation and digital strategy for Jacobs Buildings, Infrastructure, and Advanced Facilities, and led the Mid-Atlantic Region, a $150 million enterprise. Ms. Wishart-Smith was the national president of the Society of American Military Engineers for its centennial year. She's published and presented articles in many publications on leadership, architecture, engineering, and construction in the military and transportation sectors, and she's currently a regular Forbes contributor. Wishart-Smith has earned awards including the Society of American Military Engineers, Gerald C. Brown Mentoring Award, Eno Center for Transportation Top 10 Women to Watch in Transportation, UVA School of Engineering and Applied Science Outstanding Young Engineering Graduate, and ENR Top 20 Under 40 Mid-Atlantic. She is a fellow of the Society of American Military Engineers and the American Society of Civil Engineers. She's married to Charles John Keller Smith, a retired lawyer and stay-at-home dad, and has three children, Clara, Nick, and Alexandra. Welcome to That's Little Mom Sense, Heather. It's so nice to have you with me today. Thank you. It's so exciting to be here. Thanks so much. So let's start from the very beginning. What was it like for you growing up? Because you've done so much in your career and as a parent. And so I want to see where those seeds were planted in your childhood. I mean, I feel very, very blessed. I had, have, you know, great, just wonderful, really hardworking parents. I have a sister I'm really close to. My dad was in the U.S. Army Reserves and National Guard. And that's not something that most other kids had a parent who came home in uniform periodically. Right. But yeah, I just don't know how they did it all. They did volunteer work. They took us to our activities. We mowed the lawn as a family, all the rest. So uh, tell us about your Forbes column, which is on innovation and why it's so interesting to you to be in this role. 
Yeah, I mean, that that Forbes column, it's just one of the highlights of my career. I feel like I've been blessed to interview some of the most fascinating, interesting people. And the theme of it, the topic is really innovation, but I use that with a lot of leeway to link it to just about anything because I really think that just about everyone is an innovator. So I just interview people who I think personally would be very interesting. Yeah, oh, that's great. Can you give us some highlights of those you've interviewed? And and I want to just say thank you because I've I've been on your roster and I love the column you wrote about me and that's little mom sense. Um, so it's an honor and I, and I want to know others in in that company. <laughs> oh, oh, sure, sure. And thank you for being on it. Yes, I count you among some of my most interesting people. And and others are um, Sister Rosemary Nairumbi. She is a Ugandan nun. She is one of the most entrepreneurial people I've ever encountered. She has saved and enriched the lives and livelihoods of thousands of child brides in Uganda. Wow. I went all, you know, fangirl on Tammy Jo Schultz. She is the Southwest Airlines pilot who saved almost 150 people in an emergency landing on a Southwest Airlines flight. She has this amazing story as a Navy fighter pilot. Some columns that might be of interest to your readers from a parenting perspective are, I did one about superpowers and learning disabilities. I interviewed Kirk Martin of Celebrate Calm, all about strong-willed children. And I have one that'll come up in a month or two with uh, Maureen Cavanaugh. She's a substance abuse disorder advocate. And then there are others like Maya Bialik, General Stanley McChrystal, you know, for youngest astronaut to walk on the moon. I mean, just all kinds of fascinating people. It's been so much fun. Is, is there any common thread that you've seen in these personalities when it comes to innovation? Is there something that they have in them that you're like, wow, I've seen that in every single column I've written and interaction I've had? Yes, I, innovation is the obvious link, but I think a lot of it is having this openness, both in terms of how they approach life and how they approach inter- innovation, but also an openness in their attitude, just being willing to roll with the punches, to go with the flow and adjust on a dime if something happens. Now, tell us a little bit about you know, your family life and, and you know how you created your family. So I am very happily married. I've been married for about almost 12 years. I have uh, three awesome kids. I have twins, boy-girl twins, Clara and Nick. They're 14 and a half. And I have a seven and a half-year-old Alexandria. I I was married for for 10 years. And so my twins are from my first marriage. And because it wasn't just me, the twins and I met my husband when they were about 13 months old. And it's just been great. And we had Alexandra when they were about seven. So my hope, quite frankly, was to have our third, our plus one, if you will, a little bit closer in age to the um, twins who were seven at the time, but it's it's just worked out great. They are fantastic with her. Oh, that's so great. What was it like when you, know, you made the decision that I, I need to you know, have this divorce and I'd rather be a single parent with my twins than continue in the state? It was incredibly difficult for for me, quite frankly. It it wasn't a choice. It was not an option that was open to me. It, we'll just leave it at that. But you know, mm-hmm. I think that there are there are a few times in a woman's life that she feels more vulnerable than or insecure than being a, a first time parent. I was I was scared about how I was going to do this by myself. I felt unattractive. Um, my first marriage ended two weeks before they were born. But, you know, I really firmly believe that everything happens for a reason. And I also firmly believe that attitude changes outcomes. And so almost my mantra became that this is not the life I chose, but I'm choosing to make the most of the one I've got. Wow. Wow, that's really touching. Mm-hmm. And, and what advice do you have for women who have kids from a prior marriage and feel like, oh, is anyone 
going to want to sign up for this? Am I going to find love again? I'll be honest. I, I, life was really, really hard. My twins were born prematurely. I was going through a difficult divorce. And I just honestly thought that life was always going to be that difficult. And especially because my twins were newborns when, when I became single, great advice that was provided to me by a counselor that harboring resentment is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to get sick. I think that, and what I said earlier about, you know, this is not the life I chose, but I'm choosing to make the most of the one I've got. Those have helped me through, they helped me through some really dark days and, and helped me to chart my own path based on the attitude that I chose. It was a choice for me to have the attitude I had. And I think that's a lot of what allowed me to not have baggage, quite frankly, when I met my husband and to open my, have my heart be open to a new relationship. And, and how did you navigate that? Again, do you have any pointers on someone who is, dating and they have a child at home or children at home that they want to, of course, have this at the end, a beautiful blended family, but there's going to be some hiccups and and some challenges along the way for the kids and their perspective. And then of course, uh, your partner. So yeah, yeah, I mean, some advice for single parents. I mean, I think it's so important to treasure each day. It's so easy to just get caught in the trap of constantly trying to get dinner on the table and get home from work before childcare closes or whatever. Somebody told me, you know, it's pretty common, but the days are long, but the years are short and it's so true. So I just kept looking to find, you know, new ways to choose joy. So I would have my social life, quite frankly, was I would have friends over usually on a Wednesday night, I'd have them over for dinner. We'd have dinner and they'd help me get the twins to bed. That was really smart. Yes. It was social. It was was helpful. It it just, it was so nice. And I treasure those friendships that I have where these friends would come over. It was a different friend pretty much every Wednesday night. So I think some other suggestions as far as, you know, finding love again and whatever else is, it can be awkward, I guess, to, to raise that conversation, if you will. In my case, I was really lucky that my husband met my husband at a first birthday party of all places. Matt and Washington Post did an article about it at the time they had something called on love and um, I did. I chose to do the the interview because I felt like it would give hope to to some others in my situation. For those people where you know there's some initial reluctant reluctance or hesitation, you know I think a little bit of hesitation is good. But if it's too much, it, it's it's probably not going to be a good fit. Your your children have to be your first priority in that situation. If it seems like like it's just too hard, then it's probably just not not the right fit. Is there anything that you told your kids? Did you kind of not introduce uh, your partner at the time for a little while because kids are sensitive to this stuff and they don't want to necessarily have a replacement for mom or dad right away. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, my situation is very different because my my marriage ended when, before they were born. And so they only knew what it was like, you know, they didn't know any different. They were 13 months old when we met. Um, But as they asked questions through the years, I told them just enough that was appropriate for their age and treated it very naturally in some ways, it's harder to to have that situation where you're a single parent from the very beginning. And in other ways, it's easier because you don't have to have that, you know, that big conversation, if you will. True. Very true. You've held some incredible high profile uh, jobs in your career and continue to. I I hate to say work-life balance because it's a misnomer. There's no such thing. You're never going to have a 50% career and a 50% family life. But clearly there were some non-negotiables that you made. And so you made strides in the workplace and then of course at home. And so how did you do all that? 
Yeah. So it's actually pretty funny because I delayed having kids for a while because I just you know, didn't think I had time. I thought I was, honestly, I thought it was too important, too busy, whatever, which yeah. I look back at my younger self and I'm like, who, who do you think you are? <laughs> um, to go from feeling like I didn't have time to have kids to having them and being a single parent, I have to say, I actually feel like I had a lot more balance as a single parent of twins who had some health issues, having been a little bit premature than I did before I had kids, because I finally knew what was important. I finally had to prioritize and get rid of all of the noise that wasn't as important in my career. Would you light my candle? I just love the musical Rent. And you know what else I love? Winding down by lighting my Brooklyn candle after a long day as I curl up with an inspiring book or journal in my notepad. My favorite scents are Santorini Escapist, which reminds me of my honeymoon to Greece, and Midnight Mojito, my favorite cocktail. Brooklyn Candle Studio was founded by Tamara Main in 2013. The candles are handmade in Brooklyn, and check a lot of boxes, 100% soy wax, plant-based and sustainable and free of toxins like phthalates, parabens, sulfates, petroleum, and dyes. All the vessels can be reused and repurposed, and the company limits the use of plastic with none during shipping. It's a luxury home fragrance at an accessible price point with the majority of the products ranging from just $18 to $40. Use my code MOMSENSE20 to receive 20% off your first purchase. So after the entire family's asleep, go ahead and light a candle to transport yourself to Maui or Kyoto and indulge in other products like room mist, diffusers, and bath bars. Good night. So you, you've worked in many different industries. Mm-hmm. Now, what are some of the um, problems that you were solving in these settings? And you know, how did you come to these resolutions, whether it was for a corporate or for the Navy? So, yeah, I mean, I think the problems changed depending on what role I was in, you know, what level of my career I was in. Uh, when I was in the Navy, I was doing construction and public works. I My first job in the Navy, I was driving a pickup truck, hard hat, steel toe boots. I, actually, I <laughs> loved that job. That was super fun. My second job in the Navy was I was the assistant public works officer at Camp David, the presidential retreat. So that was a whole other different set of um, excitement and challenges for the presidents that I served. But at the end of the day, I think it really comes down to leadership and to doing the right things for the right people. My commanding officer at Camp David just had this, this one particular situation that I have that, I, that, that you know we encountered that I'll just abridge right here. But during what could have been a really embarrassing situation in front of the leader of the free world, he just, the commanding officer said to me, Heather, start to finish, tell me what happened. That leadership lesson that I got from that is it prevented me from getting really defensive. It allowed me to think with a very open mind about what is it that I wanted to reflect upon. And it allowed both of us to learn from the situation. So it really, I think, comes down to leadership. Yes, absolutely. And that's something that was impressive to your kids as well. Tell us about you know, what your kids thought about your role at Camp David. Well, it's funny. My kids are not, they've never been very impressed by what I do. They just sort of, you know, ho-hum, roll their eyes, whatever. And I noticed a real change in their attitude when I was invited to go back up to Camp David and my kids, my daughter said, I think she was probably about 
nine years old at the time. She said, do you mean to tell me that there are only three people in the world who can invite you to Camp David? And they happen to be the president, the commanding officer and the command master chief. The command master chief is the one who had invited us since he had been um, one of my uh, my CBs when I was stationed there and he had gone back. He said, she said, you mean, so there are only three people and one of them invited us? I said, yeah, well, you know, one of them invited me and I'm bringing you along. But what was super cool about it was that that same commanding officer, uh, Mike Giorgione, who I mentioned, wrote a book about Camp David and he mentioned that visit. So my kids were essentially mentioned in the book and they were, I think their attitude towards my career really changed. I think they, I think they got a lot more respect as a result after that. Of course, of course. And what are they into? Has, you know, that kind of inspired them to follow in your footsteps? It's funny. I was just at my daughter's school art show yesterday. They had used some uh, cement to make some art projects. She was able to explain to her art teacher the difference between concrete and cement. So I was just immensely proud. So do you think your son wants to do civil engineering or? He wants to be a teacher, which I love because my son has overcome a lot of challenges. He has gone to a school, a college prep school for kids with mild to moderate learning disabilities. And he is just killing it. In fact, he has asked to move on to a mainstream high school, which has been great, but he wants to be a teacher and go back and teach kids like him, give them the future that he's gotten. His twin sister, um, interestingly, is very interested in being a funeral director, which I think she would be fantastic at. And my my youngest showed up for career day in uh, preschool twice as a unicorn. So... (laughs) You know, my older daughter, she has struggled mightily. She's doing great, but struggled mightily with anxiety and depression. And to see her, it's harder for her to get through breakfast than it is for most people to get through their entire day or a week. And to, to see that kind of strength and grit from her is just phenomenal. Wow. When was she diagnosed and how did you kind of read into the signs that like, okay, there's something awry here. I have to help with this. She was a really strong-willed child. She had terrible outbursts from a very early age. I realize now that a lot of these outbursts had to do with transition and changes, like the end of a camp, preschool graduation, whatever. But I'm not proud of this, but I honestly just thought she was a bad kid. I I just thought she was, and we would punish her. And I, I can tell you what, you know, there is no amount of punishment in the world that will get the anxiety out of a child. So, but I just didn't know. I didn't know any better. I'm so thankful that we finally were able to recognize it, got a diagnosis, and now we're able to get to the root of the problem. And, you know, it's helped her, but it's also helped us as parents to recognize the signs, give her coping skills. Now she comes to me or to my husband when she has an issue. So I'll I'll give you an example. Last week, we had the opportunity to tour the mansion on O Street in DC. It's this phenomenal place. She Mm -hmm. had been out of the house from 8.30 in the morning. It was almost eight o'clock at night, almost 12 hours. Her social battery runs pretty low. So almost 12 hours of being out of the house is very, very difficult for her. In the past, she would have just had a complete meltdown. And granted, she's older, but she came to me quietly and she said, Mommy, I have been out of the house for so long. I'm really afraid I'm going to lose control. I really don't want to be rude. I have to leave very soon. And I said, you know what? Okay. And I just, that is so incredibly huge for her to have that self-awareness and to learn those communication skills. It's, I'm so thankful and appreciative that, that she and I, and we have learned those skills. You know, what was the process that it took to get there? You know, who's on your care team with, you know, therapy is a psychologist, because that's a huge, huge skill for anyone to learn, let alone a preteen. Mm-hmm. to have that emotional regulation and to be able to call yourself out and say, this could turn into like 
something really bad where I right. like things will go out of control and right. I'm nipping it in the bud right now. Yeah. I'm, and, I'm so proud oh of my God, Yeah. I'm surprised, especially with ADHD. She also has both of my older children have uh, ADHD. And so it's that impulsivity too, where yeah. she has the emotional dysregulation, then the impulsivity. No, I, I'm just immensely proud of her. And so to answer your question, I, I try to be very open with this about parents, because if it weren't for other parents opening up to me, I wouldn't even know about it. And where I live in the DC area, it's a great place to raise kids, but it's so high pressure. So many type A people, it can feel like everybody's kid is like travel team this and honor roll that. And when your kid's not on that track and people don't talk about it, it's a very isolating, lonely place to be. And you start questioning your own skill set as a parent. Absolutely. So I think a lot of it was other parents being open with me. And, you know, when I would ask questions and all, Therapy has been helpful, but she hasn't always been open to it. Therapy takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of money. It can be difficult to get in. Yeah. And, you know, in some cases, you know, that time spent in therapy could be time that could be spent, you know, could spend playing or having fun right. with others. So it just depends on the right. child. But, you know, I think we, we also transfer her to a, a pretty non-traditional school. Her yeah. entire high school has 17 kids in it. They're going to grow all the way to 30 next year. But um, Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. I love how intimate that is. Yeah, it, it was for everyone, but for her, it's absolutely fantastic. And then, you know, getting parenting coaching. My husband and I have done a lot of that, a lot of reading. Other things that I really recommend, I wrote a Forbes column on this is Mightier. It's a biofeedback device where kids play video games and they have something that detects their heart rate and their respiration. And so it intentionally ticks them off and they have to regulate their breathing and their heart rate in order for the game to resume. So that wow. has been fantastic for her. And then something else, another Forbes column is uh, Kirk Martin and Celebrate Calm. I think I mentioned him earlier, just really helping to understand why do strong-willed children act like this and get to the root of the problem as opposed to just reacting with anger and losing your own control over how they're behaving. Wow. Wow. And so what were some of the technology or gadgets that you said are our parents who are listening can buy if they have kids who have yeah, ADHD so, anxiety? Yeah, Mightier has been great. The biofeedback device that I mentioned, something else that's been really helpful for us is OutSchool because especially during the pandemic, they have virtual group classes. She's been taking Japanese for two and a half years. She just decided she wanted to learn Japanese. So that's been really good. And then, you know, there's some other things like Bark, I think is great. Once kids start using devices, Bark is a parental monitoring app. It mm -hmm. sparked some really important conversations between my kids and me when I saw something going on, either in their texts or their Discord, website that they've been at, that they visited. BusyKid is great too. That's an, an allowance app that uh, is helpful for us as well. The kids can set aside a certain amount to save, to share or donate, and then to spend. Ooh, nice. I love that. Tell us about a mom sense moment that you've had when you've just trusted your gut instinct? My husband always defers to me when we're debating, you know, you know how that goes as a parent, like, should we take the child in? Should we not? Oh, it's <laughs> for so long, whatever. So my mom sense, I will say, has accurately diagnosed pneumonia several times, a hair tourniquet, which is just as painful as it sounds, that was in a very delicate location um, mm -hmm. and a broken wrist. But I will say, now don't be jealous. You know, I know you're going to want to compete with me for mom of the year. But yeah. <laughs> I did not diagnose that broken wrist until nine days. <laughs> oh, man. He has a high, he inherited my high threshold of pain, but I will, I am not proud of the fact that I was like, oh, come on, Nick. Like, he's like, you know, he's, I have to wear a brace. I can't do push ups in Taekwondo. And I'm like, seriously, suck it up. And then finally, <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm not proud of it. 
But I will say something that's hilarious is my mom is very well known in our family. She is convinced that she can take a child's temperature with the back of her hand. So she'll put the back of her hand to one of my kids said, oh, um, she's a 101.3. It's, it's not accurate. Let's not forget our quote of the day. And is there a quote that you live by? Professionally, if you don't learn from a bad experience, you're missing out on a good opportunity. Okay, single parents, if you're on a bad date, you can always, always, always learn something from an experience. So if you don't learn from a bad experience, you're missing out on a good opportunity. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. And I think that, you know, whenever there is uh, something that doesn't work out your way, and, you know, if it's a no or something that you wish would happen, know that there's a better yes coming. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, where can my listeners find you and your work? Well, uh, they can certainly find me on uh, with my Forbes column. So please go to the Forbes site or just Google Heather Wishart Smith and Forbes. You can find me on LinkedIn. I like to share information there as well. And I look forward to, as you said, expanding my impact and influence as a board member, as an advisor, and really just looking forward to, uh, to, to others sharing the great thoughts on my Forbes column and with this podcast. So thanks so much for the opportunity. Absolutely, Heather. This was such a treat to get to know you and have you in the hot seat and hear your story. It just, it makes me understand you and uh, the life you live so much better. And it's one that I'm so inspired. Thank, Thank you so much. I've, I've been absolutely blessed. I, um, there's actually in the recent past, there's been a book by the same title, but this is something, it was the name of a conference actually that I attended at my prior company. It's Lift As You Rise. And I think that applies professionally. It applies as a parent. There's always someone who you can lift up as you're rising up in your career, your own personal situation, whether it's a student, whether it's a child or anything else. And so Lift As You Rise, I hope that this podcast, the Forbes columns and everything else help to do that for others. It absolutely will. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. Thanks for listening to my interview with Heather Wishart-Smith. I'm sure you got some great takeaways from her. If you haven't already, do subscribe, rate, and review That's Total Mom Sense wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps a ton. And to make it easier, you can visit my link, thatstotalmomsense.com backslash iTunes. Write to me at thatstotalmomsense at gmail.com. I love hearing your feedback and getting your fan mail. Remember, always trust your mom sense and dad sense. Stay strong, super parents. I'll see you next time. That's total mom sense.